Thank you for joining another Casework stream. Um, we are joined today, and I'm super excited to be talking to Daryl the Hammer Isaac. And um, we're also joined by Dan Kamenali, who is our VP of Sales and Marketing. So thank you both for taking time to connect with us. And Daryl, as I was mentioning right before this, we're super excited to be connecting with you and talking about just really, um, you know, your background and, and the firm. And I mean, you've had a lot of success. And I know that we have a large group of attorneys out there that probably are new getting started in, in personal injury and would love to hear really how did you go from where you were to who you are today and how everybody knows you as the hammer. But um, I'll stop there. And really, I want to understand um, if you'll tell me a little bit about yourself and about Isaac's and Isaac's personal injury law firm and really how you got your career started. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, so on one, one of 93, I incorporated Isaacs and Isaacs. I was a law student who flunked the bar twice, came out, horrible grades. Um, I had a lot of experience because um, during um, law school, I, I when I should have been in class, I kept cutting to go watch, like my first trial, watch Fred Doltra case. And then uh, first week, it was probably set the wrong precedent. But ultimately, I ended up after a year working for an attorney who did criminal law and I sat through 22 jury trials before I graduated law school. And he also let me work and settle about 300 car wreck cases. So came out, my father was semi-retired and went to him and said, I'm going to start a firm. I, I knew a sole practitioner may not get the respect that, you know, a firm would. So he I still remember his face expression. He was laughing. So Isaacs and Isaacs was born and, um, you know, really, we, we kind of worked hard. I think my first year I had five, six-figure cases. I was willing to litigate or take anything. And, you know, when you're young and energetic, I drove everybody nuts, all the defense attorneys. And um, so through the process, we just started, you know, working. I was taking case from a lot of other attorneys. And ultimately, in 1996, I made the decision to go on TV. And uh, that ended up being probably the greatest thing I could have done. Um, so started with nothing, basically no job offers. Um, <laughs> and you know, now I do this. I love to help other firms. We, we have these legal mastermind groups and I, it, so I, anytime I get asked to speak or talk or every day I take, you know, dozens of phone calls or it's just want to help everybody. And, you know, like, kind of like you, you're providing a service. You want to teach everybody to do what we do because, um, you know, the world needs, you know, more, better lawyers, people. That, and, yeah. So, you know, I have to ask, how did you get the nickname, The Hammer? It is one of the coolest nicknames of all time. How did you get that? <laughs> well, well, honestly, when I started, I was, uh, I was a heavy hitter and I it ultimately left the advertising firm that, um, and I, you know, they, they had the rights to it. I didn't, you know, believe it or not, I'm a lawyer. I try to avoid lawsuits personally. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I really came up with the Kentucky hammer, got it copyrighted and everything. And then we started doing it and then everybody kept calling me the hammer. And, um, ultimately, uh, there's another hammer, Jim Adler is a good friend of mine. We basically kind of split the hammer across the country and, um, but it just stuck. I mean, you know, and it, you know, people remember corny things, stupid things. I'm always spoken in front of myself. And so, but for whatever reason, everybody calls me the hammer. So I live with the hammer. 
Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. You're right. It definitely sticks. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be able to hear your name or see your name without <laughs> the camera. So that's pretty cool. Um, what is it about practicing personal injury law that continues to inspire you? Well, the attorney that I initially worked in law school, he he was a fabulous, famous criminal attorney, and he tried a capital murder case in like over 38 states back in, I'm talking in the 80s. And um, I, I didn't... We, I love doing his personal injury. I just, criminal law didn't appeal to me, but my father did a lot of personal injury. And when I came out, I just love helping people. Um, we don't work for the insurance company. We just represent people. But it's just, you know, you know, I, I never apologize for this. We do make a lot of money doing it, but we're able to help the masses. And um, it's just something about personal injury that I, I just... You know, one of my first few cases, you know, I got a girl $4 million and wow. she lived in a house that didn't even have running water or electricity. Mm -hmm. And I, we yeah. transformed her life. And I think from that point forward, it just, I just got the bug. I wanted to help everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, things seem to be going really well. Your firm's experienced significant growth over three states. What do you think is a driving force behind that growth and that success? Well, so the one thing growing up, I, I was big in customer service. I flipped burgers when I was a kid, uh, delivered papers, but I was always in the service industry. You know, I would go door to door and sell things, but um, I, I love people. I have empathy and I, I don't think any business you can do if you don't market you know, everywhere I go and I tell my kids this, I don't care what you're in. If you're an engineer, you're a school teacher, everybody's got to market. You got to market yourself to get a job, to get a spouse, to get whatever you want. So I've just, through the years, I've always used the same basic principles that I learned early on. And um, I was very fortunate because the first, I say real job I had at Burger Queen, I'm talking back in the late 70s, they made us listen to Earl Nightingale tapes. And I didn't know it at the time. They did me the greatest favor in the world because it was like Earl Nightingale. Then I started listening to Zig Ziglar and I realized, you know, Zig's big model. You can get anything in this world if you help enough people get what they want. Yeah. But anything you do, you just have to give great service sure. if you want to be successful. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, you talk about service it also kind of goes hand in hand with with culture and, yes. and at caseworks culture and our company culture is just so critical and it's funny you mentioned service because um i read uh, true and kathy's books about growing chick-fil-a and just how he you know how he built that empire and it was based on you know a lot of similar similar principles you just mentioned but what have been you know if we talk about culture what have been your major contributions to isaacs and isaacs firm culture well, first I got to respond. You mentioned Chick-fil-A. I use them all the time. They are bar none of all the places I ever go. They have the best training. Yeah. I mean, they have their packed. I, I, I wish my staff could go and be like them. I got a great staff, but I don't know what they do there, but everybody's happy, smiling, you know. So the culture I've created um, early on, you know, we did a lot of litigation and then we started getting so much business. We couldn't handle it all. So we started farming out. And um, I noticed 
we were becoming more of a, a factory, so to speak. And while I thought we gave great service, we weren't completing the case. So I had a bad accident in 2015 and, you know, I had a second chance in life. I broke my neck, had all kinds of, I've had 11 surgeries. I decided I wanted to change our culture again. And I wanted to be a firm that could litigate and get the million dollar verdicts or just do everything. So basically, you know, went to my staff, said we're going to start making changes. We implemented, you've heard about the traction. It's real big. Sales yeah, EOS. Traction. Yeah. So we, we, we started doing something similar to traction. And um, <coughs> I'm probably giving you more than you want to hear. But I also thought if I'm going to do this, I, you know, we have five buildings at our main location. And we basically tore down 90% of the building and we built a courtroom. I mean, they spent a million five actual courtroom and we started practicing i started bringing in top trial trainers in the country and you know i have 31 attorneys i have 10 litigators but um just the end of november we just got a 10 million dollar verdict in a federal court that on a you know wrongful death that turned down a million and everything is possible because we changed the culture and we had everybody believe in the culture right. so i mean anybody can do this you just have to decide what you want but it all starts with me so i have to believe in what i'm selling if i've got you know if i've got integrity and i got honesty you know i can't tell but tell people to do this but i'm going to do that yeah. so no absolutely daryl that, that's one thing that like susan has built a phenomenal um you know infrastructure in caseworks and she's built a, a culture that everyone not only believes in it and buys into it but but lives it every day and that's something that that's why i i, I signed on to caseworks and, and susan is a tremendous leader uh, one thing i wanted to ask you you know you had mentioned that you know you have multiple operations is it difficult to manage law firm operations across the different states that you do and and, and sort of how, how, how do you do that like i would love to get a little insight there well Okay, everything I do, I've stolen and learned from <laughs> masters. Like, you know, in law school, they used to teach us, if you copy one person's work, it's plagiarism. But then you go to the courthouse. I used to live at the courthouse, copy every attorney's files. Once they put it in its public, it's research. So <laughs> what I've basically done, I mean, I, you know, while I think I'm an innovator, if you give me an idea it's funny, I got a good friend, Gordon, who's got a monster firm in Louisiana, and gosh, in the 80s, his father was bar none, the best trial attorney in the state, but Gordon, last week I was talking, and he says, you know, he calls me Hammer. Hammer, what I love about you, I'll tell you an idea, and then you'll take it, make it three times better than what I can do. <laughs> I just, I feel like so many people have helped me, and I've been so blessed, and I'm so grateful that I just, you know, like Jim Adler, I mean, I was calling him one day, I mean, we talked my gosh, he's a monster. He's just so successful. So I'll take what other people are doing and then I'll tailor it to fit our needs. Um, but I wish I could sit here and say, every, you know, our, our firm went from zero to $2 billion. I, so many people have helped me and so many people have paved the way. Um, and that's why I want to help and help others because so many people have helped me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, one thing I think um, we were talking a little bit before, you know, you, you've certainly got marketing down and some great commercials we'll talk about, but 
you know, what, what was the marketing techniques that you use when you first started out um, in law and in your practice? Well, it's funny. Um, I'm getting ready to go talk in a couple of weeks and, you know, I wrote my speech and I, I just, I went back to the basics, you know, when I started, I mean, I did a few things that I tell anybody starting on practice. You know, when I set up my office, I didn't want the landlord to be my partner. So I own, I bought instead of rent. I think the, the number one thing you can do in marketing is you have to get an easy phone number. Everybody, you know, if you're going to spend millions of dollars, you got to be, people got to remember. So like early on, I got this number four, five, eight, 1000. And at the time, KFC was four, five, nine, 1000. We had advertised and brand our number so much in our city. More people knew our number than Colonel Sanders number. Since then I keep doing it. I rebranded, you know, I think it was in, after my accident, when I changed the culture, I wanted, I needed a toll free. So I went out and got 800, 800, 8888. You remember two digits, you remember our number, um, or most recently, I just bought wewin.com. So the domains, I mean, you want to advertise like isaacsandisaacs.com is too hard to spell. Everybody misspells it. So I think the most important thing we started doing marketing wise is get an easy domain, get a very easy number to remember, and then just go brand the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. You talked about, no, that's, that's great advice. You talked about um, the decision to go on TV and I, I, I thinking that was about some of your commercials and um, wanted to ask about, you know, when did you start, to, um, made the decision to start off, you know, doing the commercials and what is your favorite commercial? Well, first question's easy. I knew I needed to advertise for a period of about three years. I was doing an advertising firm's litigation and I, you know, we'd litigate the case, get it resolved, give them half the fee. And I thought, gosh, you know, I could have done one, two things. I could have bitched about it or I could have just did it myself. So I decided that advertiser was doing nothing wrong. I mean, he didn't put a gun in my head and said, take my cases. So I thought I'm going to go on TV. And honestly, at the time, I think I was 27 or eight, or I don't, I was young. My father, when he, when we started, he was retired, he was 63. So we met with a, an advertising firm and I wanted him to be on. Cause I thought I'm a young kid and they wanted me because they thought he was much older and they thought I'd be doing this for a hundred years and he, they didn't know how long you practice. And so I reluctantly agreed because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a large guy. I'm a loud guy. They're, you know, you see all these supermodels on TV selling everything. No one's going to want me. And I was shocked because, you know, I think within the first six months, I signed up two, 300 case. I couldn't handle wow. it. Yeah. So I decided um, because I just decided I did not want to work other firms i want to do the stuff for myself and that's what led me to go on tv um you know you say what's my favorite commercial well i'd have to say the one that got me 15 million hits was my super bowl of 19 i believe but um i enjoyed doing the commercials you know i take the opposite side a lot of attorneys are embarrassed that they advertise i i'm i couldn't be happier i mean i I think to date our firm, and I don't say this to brag, I'm just saying I started this. I think we have had over 47 settlements or verdicts of over a million plus, and majority of them came from TV. I mean, well, a lot of them from referrals, like this weekend, you know, we had a great doctor friend who helped, you know, help save my life. And, 
you know, he's blowing up my phone this weekend. He's got a good friend, hit by truck. You got to help him because I helped you. Well, I help everybody, but sure. I honestly think I'm proud to be on TV. I'm proud to do all the marketing. Um, I look at it as a positive, not a negative. So, um, but I guess commercial wise, you know, that gets the one Super Bowl, but you know, I like them all. A lot of them are corny. They're stupid. I'm making fun of myself. I mean, but at the yeah, end of the day, remember. well, yeah. I just, you know, one thing I decided, you know, I've had some other law firms poke at me and with their commercials. I always say this about political candidates. Tell me what you're going to do for me, not what someone else is doing to you. So I do the same thing. I, I've had people run negative ads. I won't run a negative ad. I won't talk about anybody else. I just want to talk about what we can do for you. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Well, my favorite commercial was Hammer and Space. Was that the 2019 Super Bowl? Um, yeah, because I, I can't remember if it's 19 or 20. Okay. I think that was. That might have been the one that got 15 million hit. hits. Yeah. yeah, no, it was awesome. And, yeah. and none of these are my ideas. The average, My commercial um, person, Catherine, she's amazing. I mean, she sends it. I just, okay, I rubber stamp it. Make sure it complies with all the legal ethics. But they, they I'm not a visual guy. I, I can't see it till it's done. And I just show up. They make me look good. I mean, I, I was mad at her on the set, though. I mean, they had me in the air, suspended, like, 20 feet. I've had lung surgery. They didn't tell me they're putting me in this, like, straight jacket. And a lot okay. of stuff that uh, was very challenging for me because of my injuries. But it ended up being a, a very successful commercial. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed watching them. You know, one thing that you mentioned earlier and reminded me on your own, one of the podcasts I listened to that I thought was um, was really great was that you talked about on the podcast how, you know, you really stick to what you do best, and that's personal injury. Oh. you got buddies that call you and they want your help on divorce, or they want your help on this, you know, other type of case, and what you, you know, you send them to other people that that's really their area of expertise. And I was like, man, that's really great, you know, versus like okay. trying to just do it all. Um, well, I got that model from Colonel Sanders is from Kentucky, but he was told no 2006 times before someone gave him the money. But, but you know, now, I mean, early on, he did one thing and, and we decided early on when we were going to do personal injury, I, we just couldn't do everything and be good at everything. Yeah. So I just do what, what I feel is our area of specialty or, and, you know, a lot of times I know I, I, I make people mad every day, but I tell them, you probably know more about it than me, like when you're calling about a divorce or bankruptcy or, so I just stick with what I know and what I think we're good at and let everyone else do the stuff we're not. Yeah. And I think, you know, you also mentioned about, you know, one thing that caseworks we do a lot of, you know, working up the cases isn't, you know, it's not the hard part. It's keeping these clients informed and yeah. engaged. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned that you said, you know, you try to reach out to your, you know, to your clients at least every 30 days. And that's just huge because a lot of people don't, they sit on these cases, those cases become unresponsive. And um, it's just, it's just a lot of work to, you know, keep these clients informed and engaged and really go back to the service that you were talking about. And that's the level of service that, um, you know, these clients need and they're expecting. So I was like, I I'll, I'll throw one more thing at you. Anybody watching this, if you're building a practice, the number one thing you can do, and I do this, I've probably given my cell phone to 50,000 people, give your clients your cell phone. Because you want them to call you when they are a friend yeah. or know something. I, I can't tell you how many million dollar cases I've got from my cell phone. And I don't even know the people. They, Everyone gives my cell phone out. Now, 
I don't advertise that on the commercial because if everybody called me, I couldn't handle the volume. But, you know, we once they become a client, I, I, like all my attorneys, they have to give their cell phones. But I think that's the, if I can, if, if no one else gets anything from this, get an easy number, get an easy domain and give your clients your cell phone. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of speaks to, you were talking about, not every client is the right client for you. You oh, know, absolutely. if you want someone, you know, if you're talking to someone, you want to make sure early on, it might be a great case, but if their objective is revenge or, you know, just not oh. in line with, with, with what your culture and what you're trying to do, that's definitely not a, a good client and not someone you want to give your cell phone out to. <laughs> you're smarter than me. I don't even, I, I can't have anything. That's, I just, what you say is hundred percent. I, Early on, I declined a wrongful death of a child. It broke my heart, but the parent, all he wanted, yeah. I mean, we're civil lawyers. We can't prosecute criminally. We can cooperate. He didn't. It, when they say it's not about the money, I kind of don't take it because that's the only thing we can do is get him money. Yeah. I mean, we're empathetic, but, and I told him, I'll never forget this, you know, I mean, it's sad because, you know, we, we get so many wrongful deaths and you can't bring him back, but he wanted revenge. And he said that about three times and I just thought, I'll never make this client happy and I can't be his tool, so to speak, to get revenge, you know, that the, the right. Commonwealth's attorney could, but yeah. I couldn't. So mm -hmm. I agree a hundred percent what you said. Yeah. And then do you remember you were talking about your cases? What's uh, do you remember your first million dollar settlement? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding? Is that um, your, is that your, I remember all the ones I did. Yeah. Um, no, it was, uh, I'll never forget, I won't say her name, obviously, but we had a very nice lady that was a passenger in a van, and a semi hit him, and the semi driver went back, told his company, get a fender bender. Well, uh, the funny thing is, the reason I got the case is, the lady was meeting with an attorney who did divorces, and this attorney wanted to charge her an hourly fee. Mm-hmm. And for the personal injury case, which I, you know, I didn't know anybody did that, but uh, they called me and I agreed. I came down, actually had to go to the hospital and, um, you know, gave her my typical, I don't give a hard sell. This is what we offer if you want us, sure. well, you know, and, but um, her injuries was her leg looked like a chicken bone. It was like a souffle that got smashed Ooh. and um, it was sad. She didn't lose her leg, but I never forget when I called the insurance company, they they said we don't even think we're there's no damages so i decided and went out had you know video made of the van and everything and i i just took videos of her leg and i sent it to them and um they ultimately they only had a million dollars which they ultimately paid me but i remember that vividly because she i got it because we did our normal course of business to a contingency fee and another attorney wouldn't take it unless she paid him entirely and she didn't have the money to do that so it was just it was unique yeah. hey, hey daryl your, your firm websites place a lot of weight on on helping people who have been in automobile and truck act and you know truck accidents what are the most frequent personal injury cases your your firm traditionally sees uh in, in most of your personal injury cases well i mean we obviously do a lot of truck litigation a lot of car wrecks we've probably over the years we've probably done fifty thousand plus car wrecks i, I, I mean i've I counted them once. I don't really keep up, but that's that's the car wrecks is what we do majority of in truck wrecks. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of luck with dog bites and motorcycle, and um, we just that's really what we know. So we try to stick to stuff we we we've done a ton of.
What is the one case that, you know, when you think about, um, I'm sure that that first case that you just mentioned, the first million dollar verdict always stands out, but is there any other cases that you're like, this is the one that um, I'll, I'll always remember? Well, first thing, it was the settlement, it wasn't the verdict. They, they, trust me, I would have loved to try the case, but they paid us. Um, you know, we've had, I, I guess it just depends. Our firm has had, you know, we've had a lot of high profile cases. I'm opposite though. I don't, you know, a lot of firms will call news press and try to get more from it. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize the case, so I won't do anything until the case is resolved. Um, but, I, you know, there's two or three that stand out. One, obviously, was the lady. It was a, it was a defective drug. And um, just knowing what we got her and how it changed her life, yeah, um, that stuck out. Um, you know, th there's another. It was just so tragic. A child was killed. And... Um, you know, I don't know. I get you can't help if you have compassion and care. You, you, you know, I always try to put myself in, in another person's shoes so I don't judge anybody. I want to understand both sides. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, um, I never forget the first time I hired a truck expert, I went to our vehicle and, um, this was horrible, but I'm in the vehicle and I was looking up and I thought, I kept seeing this little stuff in the crevices. And I said, what is that? And he said it was brain tissue. The head exploded in the car wreck. So, you know, I, I can tell you story after story of just tragic, but you know, but I, you know what, whether it's big or little, we, we love seeing people smile. You can't, you can't undo the hardship, but you can make someone, you know, maybe a little happier or pleasant or sure. put it back, you know, so sometimes watching just, Clients come in, get their check, and if they smile or hug you, it, it, it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I mentioned a lot of attorneys watching these streams. Some are new, you know, starting out in personal injury, and you already gave such great advice. But uh, we're talking about service and, and different things. But what is one thing that stands out, um, advice that you can give new attorneys starting out in, in personal injury? Get a mentor. Because I, you know, I came out of law school and already did 300 car wreck cases. Um, I had, he's passed on. His name was David Kaplan. He's a phenomenal lawyer. Um, but get a mentor or, because think about it. Med school, they come out, they do these, you know, you got to go do residency. Um, I had so much help. And, and the other thing I would do, I would, you know, go to these summits. Like, I know I've seen, you know, I've seen your name when, 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 Different organizations put on. I we we do a ton. Join you know we we're a member of some truck litigation. Uh, we're a member of you know like the American Bars got any kind of seminars, any kind of summits. Um, I usually try to go two or three year, and then you network. Like one of the things that's helped us is we keep finding more ways to make our case efficient. And there's companies out there like. Maybe someone does a great day in the life or, you know, the more you can bring in to show like we, you know, we'll do reconstructionists or we'll get a demonstrative, you know, video. Um, and then lastly, you know, I, I think everybody has got a market in some capacity. Not everybody wants to be on TV, but, you know, like, you know, I got these law groups and one firm in my group, they, they're not on TV. They get like 150 cases a month on a referral program. And so you need to get out there and just find people that are successful and ask them questions, maybe get involved. I mean, you know, like, I don't know a lot about, I'm, I'm anxious to learn about caseworks, but maybe 
like your company can help someone, you know, so you, you just, you can't go at it alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we found that out that really the, the practices that are growing and successful, they don't want to hire and train a bunch of staff. Um, they want to be able to outsource the case development um, to a company like Caseworks, and then you know, you know, just having the great partners. It's it's not you know the vendors. It's like who are the business partners that you want to work with um, that ultimately help to to make you as successful as possible. Um, I think that's that's great advice. And I guess just, you know, one last thing is any attorneys listening to this that would love to either get your advice or maybe refer cases to you, what is the best way that they can get a hold of you? Well, I'm gonna give myself. I get it there by okay. <laughs> it's uh it's an easy number. Well, so we're from I'm from Louisville. Um, 502 is our area code. So I always tell people my number is 502 8 minus 1 is 7, 1000. So 502 817 and our website is wewin.com. But I, you know, the other thing I will say, if you'll forgive me or allow me, um, we've been involved with, you know, we have three different legal mastermind groups. And so they've all encouraged me. So we decided we're going to put an advertising summit in September in Vegas at the Wynn. And we're going to probably cap it about 800 attorney, but we're going to teach everybody that wants to come and learn some basic marketing principles, whether they're on TV or not, kind of as a way of giving back because, you know, we've had so many people help us. But um, I know there's some great organizations. Pilma's got a big advertising yeah. and, um, you know, um, I'm getting ready to go to the net. What is it in Miami? I don't know if y'all yeah. are going to be there. The, yeah. the you know, the trial lawyers, there's the trial laws, yeah. so many, so many wonderful organizations that, um, I just think everybody needs to go. And I will tell you, I do have an easy email if anybody, you know, it, it's my name, Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L, at callthehammer.com. Oh, so cool. Yeah, that that's is. another way to get a hold of me. But Man, Daryl, I, I will remember your cell and I'll remember your email. That's easy. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate you taking time to, to join Dan and I today. This is great um, advice and feedback. Um, love being able to send this out into the industry for other attorneys. Um, okay. You said having mentors and such. But again, really appreciate your time. And um, and if anyone hasn't watched any of your commercials or listened to your podcast, they need to do that. They need to go out there and find it. Yeah, absolutely. If y'all were at the uh, summit, we need to get together. I'd like to learn more about next week. Yeah. About what y'all do. I will, yeah. I will definitely meet you there. Well, you got my cell, so y'all reach right. out. That's right. <laughs> we're going to be calling that number. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Daryl.